We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, episode 103 with Rob Carroll. I'm going to start my interview with Rob Carroll today. He is an amazing educator, and you are going to love learning what he is doing. Also, if you would like to learn the top five things you can do to be a transformative principal, please go to transformativeprincipal.org and subscribe to my newsletter, and I will send you that for free. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing this with your friends and other principals to help us all become better. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Today, I am honored to have as a guest the one and only Rob Carroll of South Heights Elementary in Kentucky. And uh, I met Rob at a conference nearly a year ago now, and nearly everything that Rob has told me about or talked about has been inspiring. So, Rob, thank you so much for being on the Transformative Principle podcast today. Welcome. Appreciate you being here. This is too cool. It's an honor for me, Jethro. So uh, I'm ready to talk, man. Good. So there's a ton of really cool things that you're doing, but I think where we need to start to give people an idea of what makes you such an amazing principal is talk about the 1199, what that means, and why that's so important to you. All right. Yeah, I've been principal of South Heights for 19 years, and uh, back at the beginning, it was really kind of a tough place. It was one of those schools that you see in the movies, you know, kind of at the beginning of the movie, not at the end. And so we really created an incredible culture. People worked hard, and when success started to happen, uh, we took control of our address. Our address is 1199 Madison Street. I saw a, a man cave show on Home and Garden Channel, and yes, I watch a Home and Garden Channel, and it had these old uh, fraternity guys that wanted to relive their college days, and I guess their fraternity was on a certain street and had an address, and they called themselves the guys from the 409. thought that was really cool. I like using a lot of ideas that I find from uh, just out in pop culture and normal life, and so we kind of took that. So we took our address and 
and it's really become a, a symbol. And a lot of people don't even call us South Heights Elementary anymore. They just call us the 1199. It's really cool to hashtag, put on a shirt, and it's a great way to brand the, the change that we've been able to make. Yeah, and that that change is just inspiring. One of the things that I think has been so powerful is that you stay in contact with kids who have gone to South Heights before, and you follow them and make sure that their lives are still productive and meaningful. And talk about how you do that and pay attention to what's still going on in their life. Well, you know, the big goal that we haven't reached yet is we want to create our own public school version of what the Harlem Children's Zone does. And we call that 1199 Forever. And what we want to do is to be able to create a a timeline of success milestones that, that, you know, kids that that have uh, access to more than ours do enjoy. And we really want to create this from conception to career, what does every kid need to be successful and how are we going to find the supports? We are not to that stage yet, but we're getting closer every day. So what we do is we have a, a belief that we call 1199 forever, and it means that we're not just a K through 8 or K through 5 school, that when they leave us, we remain connected. So we do things with our middle school kids, and we go to the middle school and eat lunch with them, uh, we help them with projects. We tutor them if they need it. Uh, when they go to high school, we're working with them to make sure uh, we can help them get in the right classes if they need it. If they ever have any kind of problem, there's a lot of times the high school counselors will call us over and, and talk with the students or help them with any kind of situation. And then when they get to, you know, applying for college or technical school, a lot of them will come over to to our elementary school and get on our computers and we're helping them fill out FAFSAs and we're helping them apply for scholarships. I remember when I would never write a recommendation letter for a senior. Now I'm writing them. I really have to block off a big chunk of time in, in February and March to just write application letter after factor. In fact, I got to do one uh, this weekend for a, a young lady that wants to get into the state's governor scholars program. And then when they go to college, uh, it's, it's about remaining connected. A lot of times when the students, they'll see that they'll pack up their car, they'll give their parents a kiss goodbye, and then they'll come by South Heights and we'll send them off in a big way, give them a big hug and say, hey, good luck with the semester. When they come back from Christmas, they come to the up, they'll be rolling in next week. And in fact, next week, uh, I think we're going to invite all of our former college students to wear their college sweatshirts and walk in our big neighborhood Christmas parade. So. It's just about remaining connected. We really believe 1199 forever, and, and we live it. So why remain connected? Why not just, you know, provide a really good education until they get to fifth grade and then do what every other school does? Why are you so focused on remaining connected? Well, because, I mean, it's just a part of our culture. I mean, it's, when they come to South Heights, we really feel like we offer something uncommon, and, and we, we really love our students. and because they might run into some barriers after they leave us. We don't want to be that typical school that says, hey, we did our part, uh, good luck with the rest. And and it gives us great satisfaction. It's a circle of life because these kids will come back. I mean, we already have students that are getting their degree in education. They're coming back and doing their practicums at South Heights that used to go to South Heights. And, you know, when we go on our college tours program, they're touring our kids. It's a huge circle of life. And I really think that's the only way that we'll be able to sustain that change after changes in leadership. And, you know, we, we want to make sure that when we walk out those doors, and I'm talking we, the current team at South Heights, 
that the success continues, and we really want it to grow and get better. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Talk about the college tours that you do, because that's another innovative idea that we do in high schools, but we don't do it as well as elementary schools. What age groups do you do, and then talk about what, what the purpose of the of the college tour is. Okay, this year will be our 11th year of doing college tours, and what we found is, you know, several years ago before we started doing them, kids wouldn't really see, you know, when we would say, well, you have to do your homework so you can go to college, or you have to score well on this test, or get in these tough classes so you can go to college, they would kind of look at us, because a lot of our kids would associate college with, you know, basketball player that may stay one or two years before they jet off to the NBA, and It was kind of an unrealistic expectation of of what college was about. And so, again, with that that idea of creating, you know, strength within them, you know, they would carry them through any challenges after they left us. We decided just telling them about college wasn't enough. So 11 years ago, we put together a plan called College Tours. So each one of our grade levels each year goes to visit a different college. So our kindergartners go to our local community college. Henderson Community College, our first graders go to the University of Evansville, a school right across the river. Our second graders go to Kentucky Wesleyan, another university about 30 minutes away. Our third graders go to the Murray State University. Our fourth graders go to the University of Louisville. And our fifth graders go to the University of Kentucky. And uh, so by the time they've left us, they'll have been six different colleges. I would say our fifth graders understand more about what's expected in college, what you know, what college is about, what what it's going to take to get there and make it there than a lot of uh, juniors and seniors in most high schools across the United States. So uh, when you walk down our halls, you can talk to any of the students and say, what college are you going to visit this year? What do you think you're going to major in? And you'll have a first or second grader tell you exactly what they're thinking. So aren't kids too young in kindergarten and first grade to be thinking about college? Is that too far of a leap? Well, you know, kind of the basis for what we do is we think about what our kids that we that we love, that we work with every day at the 1199 versus our own biological kids. Now, I'm lucky because my own biological kids got to go to the 1199, but when we think about the difference, I, I think about my kids, you know, Cassidy and Sydney. I started talking college probably before kindergarten, you know, just as a, a general term. And, you know, where did daddy go? Where did mommy go? You know, why is it important? So it's good enough for my biological kids. I think it's good enough for every kid. And and our, our kids get it. And, you know, what's cool? The colleges get it. Kids coming from high poverty school, uh, thinking about college, colleges are getting pretty competitive now, especially with online schools. And it is an untapped demographic, so we have had open arms from the colleges, too. So I think it's a win-win-win for everybody involved. So do you think this is something that's sustainable for all elementary schools to do college tours, or do you have to be kind of a special, unique school to do it? Well, I think all schools, I mean, my my personal opinion, I think it would benefit all schools. I think you definitely have to have the right, right mindset and culture. You know, we do some fundraising. I think you really got to want to do them. It, it needs to be a part of who you are as the culture of your school. But I definitely think from a kid's perspective, whether they're, you know, they come from schools of poverty or homes of poverty or they come from affluent homes, I do not see the downside or I don't see anything that's not helpful by taking a kid and touring them across campus. We've had access to some amazing things. We've had chemistry professors run up to our second graders you know, on a campus and say, hey, come into my laboratory and, 
and they'll do these really cool experiments for them. And, you know, we've, uh, we've toured the University of Kentucky's practice facility and there are current University of Kentucky students that don't get to do that. So I just think, uh, we've had several schools that have heard about this kind of around the United States start to do it themselves and I haven't heard any negatives. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine there would be any real negatives to it. It just, it just seems amazing. Now, you told me a story before about seeing some of your former students at colleges as you've gone and toured. Tell me what that's like for your current kids to see kids they maybe knew growing up or know their siblings or things like that. How does that impact them? But, you know, when we went 11 years ago, when I remember when we took our first tour, you know, I was talking to teachers and I was saying, you know, the big picture here is one day we will have our former students giving our kids the tours. And, you know, this year it really started happening. I, you know, third grade goes to Murray State. And this year our whole tour guide group, other than the coordinator from Murray State University, were former South Lake students. And we really wow. kind of set it up to make it like that because we get them T-shirts every year, you know, South Lake, SHS. We will go to college, and it lists the colleges that they've toured on the back. Well, we're very intentional because we'll send those shirts ahead to our former students that are at college if we can. And so, and they'll know because we do a lot through social media that, that we're on our way. And so they'll wear those shirts on campus. So where it looks like it's kind of accidental, it's very intentional. And we'll be walking across campus with our third or fourth graders. And then they'll see this, this big guy, this big hulking guy walk past with a backpack and a South Lake shirt. And you can just see these light bulbs going off like, you know, above their heads like paparazzi. They're just, they get it. And then, then you have a former South Lake student come up and start talking to these second graders or third graders and go, yeah, you have this teacher. Yeah, I had her. Yeah, I remember when we used to go to the Polar Express. And now I'm majoring in biology. We even had one young man. His name's Avery at the University of Kentucky last year that was coming out of his physics class. It was more accidental, and he did not know that uh, we were going to be there that day. And he came out, and he saw us, and big hugs. And then he said he was able to tell my fifth graders that the reason he was at the University of Kentucky studying what he's studying, and he's a genius, was because of this college tour that he went on so many years ago. Wow. You can't get that in a book, man. You can't get that on a video. That's that's real-life inspiration up close and personal. Yeah, that's incredible. Every time I hear you talk about these things, I get goosebumps just thinking about how cool that would be for kids to see someone say, like, I'm here because of what you're doing right this moment, and you could be here, too, in a few years. That's just, that's incredible. It's amazing to me how you are doing so much and so focused on all of these things. How do you find the time to make all of this stuff happen? Because it's got to take an enormous amount of time to plan all the college tours, to stay connected with all those kids. How do you do that? Well, I, th- I think it goes back to really one of our core beliefs at South Heights is everyone can lead ideas, rule, not people. And so we all know our strengths. We all know our weaknesses. And so with these kind of ideas, like, you know, college tour is kind of my baby. It's, it's been my baby from the beginning. And so that's something I lead every year. That's something, you know, that I make the contacts. I, you know, I take care of that, taking care of getting the T-shirts ordered, taking care of making sure that their cafeteria is expecting them at their university and they're going to treat them amazingly. But then all of our other ideas, because we really empower everybody on our team to lead, takes care of all the other big ideas. So all of us have our share of what we lead, and and somehow in all what that seems like chaos, it it works out to where it's just really, 
I don't, I don't know, it comes together now. Does it take a lot of time? Am I, you know, thinking like a principal and trying to be an innovator 24-7? Yeah, I mean, my wife gets mad at me sometimes because I'm constantly trying to do something with school. But the cool thing is, you know, we've really, and I think our whole staff done, done this, as much as we can, we merge school and family. So a lot of these things that we do, you know, family members get the benefit. So if I've got a teacher there whose daughter goes to a different school but really wants to go on a college tour, one of the perks of working at, uh, we're all in this together so they get to do those things. So I really think it goes back to that. I think if it was kind of a top-down, we can only pull off two or three ideas and Rob Carroll's got to lead them all. We only do two or three ideas, but if everybody can pull off an idea and lead it and everybody can follow them, we can we can knock out reams of stuff every year. Yeah, so I've met many of your staff from the conferences that you guys have come and presented at, and you've brought a, a large amount of people. I think you had 12 at the Model Schools Conference this summer, and they all are very much on board, and it's very much a, a team atmosphere. What are some things that you've done to help instill that value of everyone can lead and ideas rule, not people? What have you done to help make everybody feel that they're, they have an opportunity to lead? Well, I think one thing is, you know, actually kind of putting our money where our mouth is, you know, and it's one thing to say that or put it on a bumper sticker, but it's another thing to live it. And so, you know, when someone comes up to you with an idea, as long as it matches our mission and vision, uh, we almost always rather than not say go for it and how many people do you need to follow it so you know the proof's kind of in the pudding you know that they see that when it boils down to it what great people want that's what we base everything we do at South Heights we base it on what our great people need to to be inspired and successful I think too many schools make the mistake of seeing what their weakest people need to survive and base everything around that we go the other end what our great people need and our great people want to lead ideas. Our great people want to be inspired and they want to inspire. So giving them opportunities and letting them either succeed or fail, and we call it failing forward, you know, it's okay. You have to have a culture where failing is okay and you just pick yourself up and you lead again. I think that's a big part of it. Honesty is a big part of it. The people at South Heights that really have my respect are the people that can walk up to me and tell me I'm wrong. and. Uh, you know, I that that makes me uh, really respect them. I don't want anybody being yes man because we're all advocates for students. I think another part that that allows us to happen is I really truly think we love each other as a team, and we say it. I'll go up to people, and it, it sounds kind of weird, but you know, I'll go up to someone and say, "Hey, man, I love you." You know, I'll I'll say it to the PE coach. He's a big guy. It, it doesn't matter because we really kind of have that that family kind of atmosphere, but it's a really kind of strong, you know, push each other kind of success, peer pressure family. So I think all those kind of wrapped up into one. I think the main thing is, is proving it. If you say ideas rule not people, then you're going to have to prove it as a leader, and you're going to have to let people go and, and lead, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but uh, that's where innovation comes from. Yeah. So what are some of the failures that you've seen recently? Can you talk I'm about probably- one or two of them? I would, probably one of the biggest ones was mine. I mean, it, it was one of mine, and it was one that I didn't really think through. So someone asked me this question not too long ago, and I couldn't, you know, I really tried to put my failures in, a, in the bottom of my top door and not think about them. But it was one I, I really thought, and I still think it's a great idea. I just didn't lead it effectively. I really thought that we could build our own kind of leadership 
kind of guiding character building curriculum ourselves. I mean, I don't like, we have another belief, create, don't copy. And I don't really like buying any programs. We have some. They're great, but I really have gotten to that stage in my life where I want to be a pirate. And I don't like copying anything, so I thought, we are going to build our own kind of character ed program, and we're going to build it around superheroes. It was about the time Superman Man of Steel came out. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And we found a former, um, well, we found a guy that really liked uh, drawing superheroes. He just happened to be a, a telephone repair person, a cell telephone repair person, but he could he could do some incredible things. So we gave him some ideas of four superheroes that reflected the diversity of our school. And we built some stories around them, and, and the kids were excited, and they called it the 1199 Superhero Academy. But I just didn't lead it effectively, and it, it kind of, all that energy kind of just drizzled because I didn't have I didn't have it thought out all the way like I should have. I kind of underestimated the task, and I, I, I'm kind of sitting on that idea and thinking about when I want to break it out because you got only so many, especially as a leader, you got only so many shots with the same idea. So that's probably one of my most recent ones, I think, uh, and then I didn't I didn't like failing with that because I really thought it was good, but. Uh, we'll bring it back. I still got all the pictures and all the stuff in, in my closet. We'll bring it back when, when I'm ready to be a more effective leader or when someone else can lead it more effectively. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. What did you learn from that failure? I learned that, you know, sometimes you can get a little full of yourself. And, you know, you can get, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of momentum, and there's a lot of things that were going right. And, you know, I just thought, well, okay, we're going to. We're batting a thousand and we're going to continue to bat a thousand. But I think the main thing I, I learned from that was, you know, respect the awesomeness of the task. I don't think I respected the awesomeness of the task. I really thought it was just kind of, you know, really just kind of organically involved. It would be an idea here, we'll throw it in. It would be an idea here, we'll throw it in. Just didn't do my due diligence and, uh, and I won't make that mistake again because I didn't like how it felt. What an amazing interview with Rob Carroll. Man, that guy is amazing. He is the one who uh, inspired us to do our home visits at the beginning of the year and just incredibly awesome. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at 1199Rob and see the amazing things that he does every single day. Thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more shows, check out edupodcastnetwork.com. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, Improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. 
Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.